The machine is ever turning, ever hungry. How do you avoid being eaten? How do you avoid drifting into becoming another cog? Can you escape the machine? Should you try or is it impossible? Pondering these questions and more are the mention the machine. Welcome back to the Dimension Machine Podcast. Uh, this is episode 101. The apocalypse has been raging steadily for the past seven years, ever since they killed Harambee. Dicks out for Harambee. Dicks out for Harambee. Better watch that. It's still Pride Month, so we might get different listeners. I love the internet. <laughs> the memes the internet comes up with and how fast they come up with memes yeah. is breathtaking. Yeah. Oh, so I guess that brings us to our first topic. What's uh, what do you think about submarines, Joe? So let me tell you a little story. <laughs> so Wednesday of last week, I was getting ready to go on vacation, and I jumped on twenty eight, and you sent me a text mess- a message, and I read it like, what the fuck is this going on? Is he having a stroke? <laughs> so I, I thought that- what the message was. It was about the uh, submarine. Hmm. Let me find it. <laughs> you need to fill some time. Mm-hmm. So Joel's looking at his phone, but yeah. So this, the, for those that don't know, a uh, five billionaires went down in a homemade submarine. That they paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars each, and they went to look at the Titanic. And because they were being piloted by people that don't know how to build submarines, they, he didn't. Uh, he didn't want. Died. He didn't want a fifty-year-old. He didn't want fifty-year-olds telling how to build a sub. Fifty-year-old white men. Mm-hmm. It was there was a it was a diversity hire because apparently fifty-year-old white men aren't creative enough to get around things like physics and the laws of uh, pressure. As an almost fifty-year-old white man, I take offense. Well, you know, it happens. <laughs> but yeah, I went out to Ohio for Flight Fest, and. Um, we ended up getting screwed because they wouldn't let us in until after 5 o'clock. So we had to kill some time, so we went to the bar. So we're sitting in the bar. I did my, I did my two shots. I then ended up doing a two rum, uh, one, 151 rum-soaked cherries. <laughs> and then they had these other shots, so I gave those a try, too. Hmm. Because I was very unhappy about not being able to get in. So you basically did the, the, uh, the official... Pre-flight pilot uh, meal, <laughs> bunch of alcohol. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, when your life hangs on the line with a seagull or something striking the engine, you. Yeah, so I get the message. Jesus, the guy didn't even spring eight hundred bucks for an emergency beacon. Was getting through a di- diving direction via text message through Starlink and operating the sub on an old third-party wireless Logitech controller, but was charging two hundred fifty thousand t- per ticket. Not the sharpest operation. Right. <laughs> so I'm at the bar, and someone goes, hey, you're about the sub? I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And then everyone in the bar just starts going off about the sub. So increasing message me, it's like, yeah, everyone at work is talking about the sub, and it's going missing. And they're calling her negative Nancy. It's like, they're dead. They're, they're not there. Oh, yeah, they were definitely dead. So we get back to the camp, and I start seeing these memes for the <laughs> sub. I'm like, this is awesome. So then I had to run out. I figured I had to go to somewhere, and I came back. And some of the guys said, hey... There's a meme where at work tomorrow. I need all the sub memes you can give me. And oh my god, it was fucking gold. You know what they talk about when you're mining and hit that, that's that, that van of gold? Uh-huh. And it, everything you just pick up is gold? Mm-hmm. I saved over 100 memes that night. <laughs> so then I'm like, there's no way they're going to find them by the time they don't run out of oxygen. Mm-mm. 
So No Agenda um, was talking about it. Apparently, James Cameron came out hours after they went out and said, Hey, they imploded already. Yeah. Here's why. And yeah. nobody paid attention to him. And the guy has been to the Titanic multiple, multiple times. Mm -hmm. He's like one of the, the world's authorities on submarines at that depth. Like, he went to the Marianas Trench, which is the deepest part you can go to the, in the ocean. And, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. But then on top of that, like, all these people talking about, oh, well, you guys are ghouls and monsters and this and that. I'm like, nah, man, here's what's happened. You found a project. You didn't do any research. There's videos all over the internet about him bragging about him went to Camp World to buy some of the stuff for this stuff. He was expired carbon. The window that he bragged about being the best seat in the house was also on the toilet mm -hmm. was not certified. Yeah. And like there's micro fractures all through that sub. Yeah, yeah. it did any dives. You shouldn't be using the same sub all the time. You should be making more. No, and one of the, the subs, it was a... Uh one of the guys from the YouTube or whatever, he was invited on the sub and he had done like a test ride before with them and they got lost for like two hours or something because mm -hmm. they, they don't have a navigation system. And I'm, I'm of two sides. Like I feel bad that the people died, but at the same time, like, yeah, you kind of got what you paid for. I, I, I don't feel bad. Here's the, here's, here's the deal. You're a billionaire. Mm -hmm. Just buy a sub. Or, or what everyone else says, why are you playing around in the bottom of the ocean when you could be on the top of the ocean on your yacht, carefree? Like, yeah, but my thing is, hey, why don't we just buy this? Why don't we buy a sub that we know goes that deep? I still think the orcas got them. Well, one of the memes was that a octopus got them and used it as a. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that the sub looked a lot like a an adult toy, <laughs> <laughs> and the internet ran rapid, rapid with it. But I was amazed at how fast and how many memes came out. Yeah, because people have been, I think people have been starved for something to cling to like that again. Like, it's has it's been a while. No, no, we've got something every month. I've got a meme also for that as well. Apparently, there's a bingo card. Oh, yeah, I've seen that too, but it's not, there hasn't been anything that was like that, where it was like, un, like um, people that don't even watch the news kind of cared about it. Yeah, but month, like January was that, that cop that like some of those dudes. February was that hot air balloon. But see, uh, I, don't, I don't remember the hot air balloon and the, 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 the cop that slept with all those dudes. Like, that barely blipped on my radar. Like, the, I didn't uh, care. The banks folding. Bud Light was April. Um, that trans woman from that podcast was May. And June was the sub. Yeah. No, see, a lot of those aren't the same, though. They're not on that level of the sub where everyone... I could talk to almost anybody and they knew something about that sub. All those other ones I could, I could like mention like the lady that slept with the cops uh, and like I don't think they they a lot of people would know what I was talking about. Mm, well, I'm going more along the lines of the internet culture, knowing that I don't know. I, th I think this was a special case. I think that's why it blew up so fast. No pun intended. <laughs> no, no, it imploded. Well, well <laughs> it was funny because we were trying to explain to my friend's wife what an implosion was. Oh, what was that? I just I stabbed myself underneath the fingernail with a uh, paint chip while I'm trying to fix this flag back here. So I just... Uh, oh, step on sneak. Yeah. But yeah. It, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but the internet culture just... It makes me laugh because, like, you've got all these things about anti-bullying and know this and know that. Dude, it's the internet. You're basically diving in a sewer and expecting to be protected against the internet. Like, it ain't gonna happen. The thing about the internet is if everyone can be anything, then you can't be offended by anything. Mm -hmm. Because you're you're whatever you present yourself on there as, so 
You can be the bully on the internet, as most people are. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you grew up in the 90s like we did, with no firewalls, you just learn how to deal with the shit. Yeah. I remember the old days when something awful was exactly that. It was just like they didn't care about anything. There were no rules. Anything went. Almost like 4chan, but not quite that soon. Yeah. Well, my buddy was talking about, I went over to take him to the doctor's yesterday. And he was watching Cops Reloaded. They do clips from the old cop shows. Mm-hmm. You watch cops from the 90s. Those cops do not treat people the way they treat cops treat people now today. Mm-mm. No, no. It's, <clears throat> it's funny how things have changed. I saw saw the uh, the video of the did you see the the cop chasing the, down the active shooter through the mall. No. Yeah, he was doing a speech to kids about seatbelt safety, and all of a sudden you hear pop 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 pop, shots going off. He tells the woman, the mother, and the kids to get out of here. He reaches and he grabs his gun, and he's running around this this outdoor mall, this outlet mall, trying to find the shooter for like five minutes, and he finally gets to the guy and takes him down. But and there's not it's not a graphic video, but it's intense. Mm-hmm. Because you just realize what it would be like to be that type of person that's got to run towards that sound and keep looking for it. And like, mm-hmm. Yeah, but some people feed off that shit. Some people do. But I think that I think society breeds those types of people. There was a uh, there was a guy on, I think it was Joe Rogan's podcast, that was talking about that. He's like, every society needs a couple psychopaths. And if you think about the way society used to be, it would be like, you know, you had your, your little village and you'd be doing, like, your farming and stuff. But every once in a while, you had to go to war. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it takes a psychopath to be able to, like, go to war and then mm-hmm. come back and just be like, yeah, I'm back to farm life. Mm-hmm. Like, like, nothing happened. Like, Well, we were, t- I, I said that clip of that RRR movie. Yeah. Chris and I watched it and like, oh my god. That <laughs> thing was like balls to the wall, like as as she said it, epically epic. Yeah, I watched like the first I think thirty minutes of it. I just I remember the guy clearing out the riot at the gate mm-hmm. and that was like the beginning of it. And I was like, Oh, I can't watch all this right now. This is too much for me. I gotta I gotta come back to this when I have time to sit down and digest well, it. Well we were like, you know what, it's three hours. We'll watch half now and half later. I'm like, you let me know when you get bored. And we didn't get fucking bored. <laughs> we're like, what's gonna happen next? <laughs> but like the premise of the movie is that this village the British Empire goes to visit and they buy someone's daughter. Mm. They thought they were buying like they're giving her money for the song. They bought the daughter. Yeah. So this guy goes, Hey, just so you know, that tribe is like a, is like a pack of sheep. But there's a shepherd. And if you don't bring that daughter back He's gonna stop at nothing to get that girl back. <laughs> like, oh, what's he gonna do? So it's like, oh, he'll do a lot. The dude fought a tiger. <laughs> it's like, this is like the John Wick of an Indian world, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah I heard that was a, gr- a great um, Bollywood movie because it's uh, very uh, superhero esque, but it's oh, also. It's super superhero esque. <laughs> like, I forget what the anime was, but like, my buddy and I were watching it, and then we had two classifications. You had ninjas. You had Rockstar Ninjas. Mm-hmm. The Rockstar Ninjas had the special abilities. Like, ninjas are terrifying as it is, but the Rockstar Ninjas are fucking mutants and they just have special powers. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, this is just amazing. But yeah, it's just... You gotta have those people that will just do anything. And like you said, mile, mile, you're like, oh. And the guy, like, beginning of the movie, he's working on a motorcycle and this guy just like, beats the crap out of him because he... He felt stupid because he didn't follow the directions. Beats the tar out of the guy. I'm like, I hope he gets his. I hope he gets his. <laughs> and he probably does. I won't spoil it. Yeah. But oh my God. There's a scene with a truck and animals and just shit going all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. What else is going on in the world, Joel? Well, I've noticed the other day that I've been in basically 
fix the house mode, and I've been able to channel my hyper focus into, into, into singular tasks. And time's just been slipping away as I work on these tasks. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get you get trapped in the matrix, Joe. You're trapped in the housing matrix now, where there's always a project, there's always something. Yeah, going. Well, these are these are the ones that have to get done because, like, when you show up at my house and you see missing floorboards on the floor, you have questions. But like. I got For, from you? No, I really don't. Because it'd be like, hey, you know, Joel's got something going on there. If I showed up at your house and there wasn't some project going on, then I'd have questions. <laughs> I'd be like, Joel's got a secret fucking uh, interrogation room somewhere. Well, like, I got all the garbage out of the front of the backyard. I got the lawn cut finally. I got the shed put up. I got the flooring in the um, kitchen finally fixed and the laundry room fixed. Now I just gotta get the basement set up so I can get all the crap out of the living room and downstairs. Mm-hmm. And I can actually start customizing. <laughs> and that's that's the probably the project thing goes. One rolls into the next, into the next, into the next, until mm-hmm. you're until you wake up and you're sixty and you say, I don't want to live here anymore. I want a smaller home that requires less. I don't think I don't think I could get a smaller home. I got two. I have a two bedroom house. There's always one bedroom. Like basically, I took my apartment and added a basement for storage. <laughs> I still haven't been in the attic yet. <clears throat> Wait, you have an attic? Yeah. Oh, I, have yeah. A, I have a partial attic. You haven't been up there yet? Nope. Oh, what secrets, Joe? What secrets? I know. There's My dad tells me the story when I was a kid about, he um, had to be 11 or 12, and the maintenance guy came over, was fixing the electrical box, had a pair of pliers, went in, and did some stuff, came out, I guess I can do that. My dad grabs a pair of pliers, opens the electrical box, clamps on them like the circuit, gets thrown across the room, and goes, that's when I'm going to let go of the pliers. <laughs> exactly. So, i gotta, I got to get up there and see where the magic happened. <laughs> oh, so that, that's the exact spot. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> You're going to give your dad flashbacks with it. <laughs> Take a look at this. Does this look familiar? <clears throat> Have you seen this junction box? He keeps telling how things have changed in the house and whatnot. Well, he lived there, what, 60 years ago? Mm-hmm. It's insane. Well, more than 60, probably like 70, 70, 75 years ago. Wow. He just turned 90 two weeks ago. Hmm. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. That's a milestone. Yep. I'm half my father's age. That's also a milestone. Mm-hmm. Same age my dad was when he had me. I'm like, it ain't gonna happen. I think I'm almost a third of my father's age. Not half. I think my father had me when he was like 24. <clears throat> Young. I couldn't imagine having three. He, he had four kids by the time he was 30. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No wonder he's crazy. Well, it's funny because a lot of people are like, oh, you bought a house. How's it? How? Are you a happy homeowner? I'm a homeowner. <laughs> well, the nice thing is now you can do everything you want to it mm-hmm. when you want to it. Well, I got the plumbing. I finally got the shower fixed. So now I'm I'm dreading my first water bill because I've had a leak for a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I installed a a, a bidet for the, on the first floor here because they're they're cheap from Walmart, thirty bucks. And uh, there's been like a heated, non heated, non heated. It's room temperature water. It's fine. But the uh, when I was tightening it, I didn't know that the the flow stopper in the back of the toilet came loose, so it wasn't lined up the right way. Because it's not like the normal ball and chain one. Yeah. It's one of those 
fucking goofy ones. <clears throat> so it, it's, it's goofy time. <laughs> well, that thing's been that thing ran for like the whole time I was up in Canada. So I didn't know until I came back. I was like, oh Christ, it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> Fix that. So, but that's the the price of being a homeowner. You may impair, or you repair something, and you break something else. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because like that plump that was the only job I did would not feel comfortable doing. It cost me seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dear God. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. I fixed the duct work, I fixed everything else. Like, I have no problem running 120 volt wire all over my house. For some reason, water damage from plumbing scares me. You know, I didn't understand when Rick said he'd rather do electrical than plumbing because I thought, you know, plumbing seems pretty, pretty straightforward. But I would much rather play with electricity than water. You know, right away if you fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Whereas water, it's like you know, I've, I've screwed things in as tight as I could two or three times and it's still leaked and I'm like what the hell's going on here and then you gotta buy a special putty and paste to put on there and you uh-huh. do that and it still leaks and you will find out that the uh, the nut is just misthreaded somehow and you're like this is stupid well like I had outlets in my in my living room, in my kitchen and all the outlets are like fried they don't look good so I've been swapping out little by little so there's a little like area in the kitchen I've been charging things in so I bought a four-plug direct outlet for USB. I put that in, but I fucked up the wall. So I had to cut it out and make a piece of part, um, plasterboard and like customize it and do it and put all that I got to paint it. Yeah. But I wired in. I finally they didn't put enough wire in that wall for those outlets. So I rewired everything, put everything in, plugged things in, nothing worked. I'm like, what? <laughs> I got 120 on the one side and nothing on the other. I'm like, that's not right. So I rewired again, same thing. Mm. But like, I knew instantly if something was wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw a, uh, a video where the guy was talking about how if you have multiple spools of wire running around, how you can actually use the uh, the wiring chart to find out how many how many feet of wire you have. What is wiring chart? It's like a chart that tells you like the the electrical output through that wire, like how many ohms or whatever you're supposed to get at the end. Mm-hmm. So it's like you use that and you divide it by some, some oh, yeah. math, and it tells you like so, oh, this on this spool there's there's only like 45 feet of wire yeah, instead of so 100 feet. On the networking cable stuff, you can actually put an end on a cable and then run the device and it'll tell you how many feet are on the spool too. That's hmm. the same thing. Hmm. I've never done that with electrical stuff. Yeah. I got I got a label my 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 fuse box now. Yeah, I've I've been slowly working on that since we moved in here because I don't know who the hell put that together, but they should have labeled some of that stuff. There's like the one there's the one light in the basement that I swear I turned off every fuse in this house and it was still reading as power <laughs> and I'm like I don't I don't I don't know where that's coming from. That sounds like a, I put the matchup breaker. Oh uh, yeah, I did that too. Oh. Um. <laughs> That shouldn't be. Well, it is a uh, uh, it's at least a hundred years old house. So, 1926 for mine. <clears throat> yeah, I forget the year this one was, but seven years before my dad was born. And, and I don't. And there's been multiple, multiple people that have fucked around with stuff in this house. Mm-hmm. And so many of uh, my mother-in-law's friends of a friend that did a job for her and half-assed it. And when I first met Mara, there was still, uh, what do they call it, a 
knob and or tube and cable wire, whatever the hell it is, mm -hmm. running around this place. It's like Jesus. That was only twenty years ago. So, <clears throat> but now you got a castle. Oh yeah, now I got a castle that I got to keep upgrading and keep uh, improving on. But <clears throat> we did get the tool shed up. We're starting to get some stuff out of the garage again. I'm re reclaiming my bat cave. Mm-hmm. Little bit by little bit, um, I got to do the the irrigation PVC project for the garden before it's too late to have a garden. But once you do that, you kind of have it set up forever. Mm -hmm. That I might do that this week since I have a couple days off. Um, yeah, those are the big stuff for me right now. Yeah, I've been off the self-improvement wagon for a little bit because of the house. My buddy asked me, "Do you work out every day?" I'm like, "No, I just work on the house every day." Uh, you need to get back on that workout every day, especially if you're you're that stressed. Yeah, I've been thinking about that along the meditation aspect. Just my my schedule finally changed, so I can get back to the jujitsu classes. I liked at noon on well, a couple of days a week. That's good. Yeah. I'm using this, this app that reads your heart rate and whatnot to figure things out. And yeah, I'm a mess according to this app, Mike. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta kill the demon, Joel. You gotta kill the demon, or the demon kills you. You gotta befriend the demon. He's against everybody else. That's what you do when you fucking you work out. You be, make friends with him. You say, "All right, we got this this part of things down." So it's like post nut clarity. You need post workout clarity in your life, where you're like, "What am I really upset about?" And you're like, "Nothing." Then the issue is like, I go to bed and I just have these random dreams. Like the other day, I had this dream that there was a leak in my in my bedroom from my parents' house, and I woke up I'm like, "Why? Wow, there's no leak in this house." Another dream where, like, someone, like, I was sleeping in my bedroom, and I woke up to people stealing half my shit. Like, literally half my house is gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll we'll fix that one too, because we're gonna start working on your home security. We need to, uh, yeah, we need to dry fire your house, and then uh, and then, you I'm, need to have a, uh, you have a monkey thought list. What's what's a monkey thought list? When you wake up and you have that anxiety, you just start listing out what the things they're going. So you put them on paper, and you can say, okay, I need to plan for this or adjust for this or mm. whatever or you get it out of your head basically onto like paper or I have it in, as a note in my phone so I, gotta, I like, gotta find my voice recorder because I used to record all the weird shit right now I woke up yeah I mean it's, it's just, it helps because it's like okay well now why am I thinking about this why am I worrying about this mm -hmm. And I got door sensors I need to put up mm-hmm mm-hmm because I, I, one of the people I play with in, in Great Britain, they have this thing set up on their doors that, like, because like, she's she's probably in her 60s or 70s by now. But we she, should find out what that airplane is. Because you can track flights, yeah. you know, so we should find it out. And go, there goes the blah, 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 blah. I know how to do that, actually. I, I figured you might, or if not, then we could figure out how to do it, because that's the people we are. I need a Raspberry Pi and a monitor, and I can set this up. <laughs> There's a monitor right there. <laughs> I guess we'll have that set up for next next uh, next thing then. <laughs> but um, what was I saying? Uh, your friend from. Oh uh, yeah. So basically, whenever our door opens, your front door open, front door closed. Mm -hmm. And like this morning, I woke up and thought I heard a door open. I'm like, that door really open? So. There's a. I want to put a PA system in my house to announce different shit. Like I have a. I've can't. I found put the cameras in my house before I went on vacation. So I get notifications when somebody like per. It, it can take like people and and vehicles. 
So, like, when someone's at my front door, this actually happened a couple weeks ago. Some guy's pounding on my door at 10 o'clock, and I'm like, who the fuck's at my door? Mm-hmm. Well, if I had the camera set up, I would have known. But, um, long story short, the dude thought the maintenance guy lived there and locked out of his house. I'm like, he lives down there. Go bother him. Yeah. Yeah, see? But I got to set the actual DVR up and stuff so that I can get an announcement since I'm at my front door or not. Yeah, you should door. read, um, Prepared by Mike Glover. It's a good book for you. You really did Danny Glover? No, no, he's too old for that shit. What the hell's going on there? I don't know. Getting a little crackle. I'm going to add, because apparently Audible told me I had nine credits today. That's a lot. Yeah, I got a, I got a couple credits, and I needed to find something that Mar and I can listen to on our cross-country trip coming up, because we're driving cross-country for, I want to say, the fifth time, but I feel like that's wrong. I feel like it's might it might be the sixth time. Mm. But Well, I've been on this Robert Green kick, as you know. I burned through the Mastery book, and I started the... Human Nature book. I'm halfway through that. And I'm realizing how important the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was. <laughs> because everybody in that movie, like Joan of Arc, Mozart, mm-hmm. Napoleon, Genghis Kong, Robert Greene talks about in, in, in depth. It's, it's funny how like a throwaway movie from like, was that, the, that had to be the late 80, 80s, yeah. right? I, I want to say 89. It has like such importance, and when you really, if you really dive into the concepts of it, which is one of the things I like about current, I don't like it about current movies, but I like about current movie watchers is they read a lot of subtext into things like that, and they they find it, even if it wasn't intended. Mm-hmm. I was I was watching something about um, they were talking about Back to the Future, the first one, and they were talking about how Marty McFly died at least three times in that movie. What? There are instances where Doc shows up where he had no reason to show up except for the fact that Marty had died previously at that point, so Doc had to go back in time and save him. Oh. So Doc is constantly, like, rewriting history as he's going, as he's doing that. Like, there's the the scene on the rooftop with Biff or whatever, and Marty looks over the first time, and he's still scared, but then he looks over again, and suddenly the DeLorean's there. It's like, Mm. how did Doc know to be there? Mm. How did Doc know to be to to catch him at the end of the tunnel? It's Mm. like, well, because fucking Biff ran him over. Mm. Like, he died. (laughs) That's crazy. I do think Back to the Future is probably... It was well-written, even though people don't give it credit. I think people give it plenty of credit, but I think... The Back to the Future trilogy is probably our one of our most well thought out time travel mm-hmm. things in the world. Except for one little problem. Mm-hmm. The Earth rotates and the Earth rotates around the Sun. So if you time travel to the same location, you're going to be out in outer space. Yeah, but you that's always written away as you got to calculate that into the whole thing. So There's a time travel movie, a book that I read. Um, Ex-Wife's... Yeah, another plane going by. Ex-wife was doing a book club, and this is the book. And basically, they invented time travel to go uh, like witness an, ex- an, exper- an experience. And this guy's son fucked it all up and destroyed the whole time time space continuum. Yeah, he gets sent to another location. But they uh, they talk about that in that movie, in that book, about how like you can't just time travel the same location. You need a, you need an anchor. Yeah, the book was horrible because there's a whole entire p- chapter of the guy just saying shit. I got a thing that you might not have heard of. Ready for this one? Uh-huh. All right, so <clears throat> supposedly Nikola Tesla had theories for a time machine. Okay. 
Now, assuming that he either had he had theories written down or he invented a time machine, okay? Mm-hmm. When he lost, when he died or whatever, the person, one of the, the person, this is this historical right here, the person that was responsible for going into his old house or apartment or condo, whatever it was, and clearing out his stuff was Donald Trump's grandfather. Okay? So. For all of this is home, I am perplexed now. Yeah, uh, well... So, okay, around that same time period that Nikola Tesla was running around, there was a book that was popular. It was called Baron Trump's Wild Adventure that was all about a guy named Baron Trump time traveling. So you fast forward to now, you've got Donald Trump's son, Baron Trump, who might be in in possession of a time travel device, Mm -hmm. and the book might be based on him. That is amazing. Isn't it? Wow. Even if not true, it's just a strange coincidence. Mm-hmm. Like, I keep going back. So, we're watching that Bollywood movie, right? And they had kettlebells. I'm like, what time has this been? I'm like, how old were kettlebells? The what movie? That RRR uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. I look, 1704 is the first known thing of kettlebells. I'm like, oh, I'll shut up now. Yeah. <laughs> They've been around for a long time. It's just that they suddenly came back into... Into vogue because of, uh, I guess, Russian training was the thing when everyone was like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to train like the Russians do. They're strong and tough. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> It's just funny. Like, all this stuff is so much older than we think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep watching things about, they're talking about, like, the, the Sphinx and how the, the Egyptologists want to say it's only 4,500 years old, but the repairs that are done on the, on the Sphinx are... At, are, are about that old, which means why are you repairing something that was just made, mm-hmm. and why doesn't the the bricks match yeah. the rest? And the theory there is like the Sphinx was way way older than that, and the it had a cat head originally, <laughs> and they they found it and they carved it into the the, the pharaoh. And nice. another plane. We we need that thing now. Well, I will build it for the next trip. We can fucking uh, yell at whoever's flying over us. Mm-hmm. Damn you, Continental! That's probably Southwest. Probably. Well, they're coming back. I think they're, that's a return trip. They're coming uh, from the west. Or no, east. East is that way. How do you feel about flying? And You mean like what? Do you trust that your plane won't get canceled now? Or do you think we're, we're still in the, the flux? I don't know. I was supposed to fly to Seattle next week, but that was canceled. And uh, I don't know. I've I've only flown a handful of times. I haven't flown since twenty seventeen, I think. Hmm. I'm more of a driving guy because I like having control. Exactly. Plus, I like not getting like strip searched every time I go somewhere. <laughs> right. I and, you know the flying never bothered me except I don't I don't do very well with sitting still against my will. <laughs> And ever since, you know, 9-11, I feel like I, if I stand up on a plane and want to just stretch my legs, people are going to look at me crazy. Now, if you yell for Allah, they're going to look at you crazy. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about travel a lot lately, because I have friends, I have one friend who goes on vacation like every other month. It's well, like, I can't do it. What are you, where are you running from? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you not happy when you're at home? Like, I would like to have my pilot's license and be able to just like take the little short like pond skipper mm-hmm. flights and be like oh, I'm gonna fly up there for like the weekend like 
you know, fly from here, like, fucking up Martha's Vineyard or something for, like, a weekend. It couldn't be that expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I can take a, I can take off. I just can't land that well. That's that's the uh, the hard part, I guess. Mm-hmm. I did a exploratory flight a couple of years ago because my buddy was getting his pilot's license, and they had a discount thing. I think it was paid, like, 50 bucks to go up. Yeah, it's only, but, like, 100 bucks, I think, to do the thing in the, in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, like... The first time with the guy was kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. I went up a second time. I had his instructor. He's like, hey, you want to take off? I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I basically flew the plane until we got in the air. He's like, well, you want to do more? I'm like, sure. I'm like, I just can't land. He's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> do a barrel roll. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Cessna's are meant for that. <laughs> but, yeah. You have to think of the levels, though. Like, you think of... Like it, it's like when you start doing like a martial art and you start to realize the levels that are actually involved and the people that are like professional fighters and shit like that and you're mm-hmm. like there's, there's there's no goddamn way like there's there's I'm so far outside of my depth and then you think of like flying a plane like that and you think like the fighter pilots and mm-hmm. stuff like people that got to land planes on little boat, little aircraft carriers and stuff mm-hmm. it's just like it's an insane level of well like I said I know that I could fly a plane if I had to. But to manage all the all the micromanagement shit that goes behind flying, like mm-hmm. the radios and all that shit, my brain doesn't want to do that shit. No. No, and it's... I think that's the important part is to have that skill that's, like, the, uh... The one, like, I, like, I want to have my CDL just because I want to be able to say, if I need to, I can drive a big truck. Like, mm-hmm. I have my... I can, I can drive a car, I can drive a stick shift... In, in theory, I can drive a stick shift. I've done it before, but I haven't done it since I had a motorcycle, which is teaches you really quickly how to manipulate clutches and things like that. Um, but I want to do the CDL. I'd like to get a pilot's license also. Like Basically, I want to be like that action, that 90s action movie hero that's mm-hmm. like, oh, we, we got to fucking jump in the boat and go. And I can, I can drive the boat. Mm-hmm. You want to be Murdoch. That's what you want. <laughs> no. I'm going to be Rambo. <laughs> it's always been about Rambo. I was, I was telling Mar the other day, I was like, you know how ridiculous it is that when I was a kid I had Rambo action figures and Rambo 2 was my favorite movie and I was like 10. I had a Rambo big wheel and it's like, that guy was just blowing people up <laughs> with explosive arrows. She's like, when did you become all into the military and stuff like that? She's like, that seems like a sudden thing. It's like, no, 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 that was <laughs> old, old childhood Eugene was indoctrinated with that. Well, like, uh, Christy and I watched the first episode of Black Mirror and there's some fuckery that goes on. The new season. Yeah. And I was telling her, I'm like, I kind of been obsessed with this as a kid. And it's like, it's kind of funny, like, I think back, like, when I was a kid and some of the stuff that I thought about, I'm like, I didn't know what I was ta- what I was thinking about, but like, the shit, like, took 15, 20 years to actually come about the, what I was actually wow. theorizing. And it's like, it's like, back in, call, back in high school, I predicted the MP3 player. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I remember I wrote a story about this kid that had a computer that was, like, small enough to had all his music on. Like, this is before I even knew anything about MP3s and shit. And it's, like, it's kind of creepy that, like, I had these ideas that just didn't have the money or, or manpower to make it happen. What do you think was the last great innovation? The internet. Well, like a, net, a network that, that the internet the internet is like what I'm saying is a network that had redundancy that doesn't go down. Yeah, like parts could go down, but pieces can still talk to each other, 
and but, find a way to run itself. But I mean, like, all right, we had the internet happened, and then like laptops and everything got smaller, things like that, and then like you had the smartphone come out, mm -hmm. and I feel like we've been stuck since then. I feel oh, like yeah, we haven't had anything great come out since then. It was like mind blowing that changed everything. The thing is, I don't think they want that to happen because, like, you you, you, see, you read about sci-fi how like. In the 80s, they were talking about having, like, why do you have a phone? Like, why wouldn't you have, like, a heads-up display in your eye? Or why wouldn't you have, like, a phone built into your body? Mm -hmm. Like, they have, you were stuck looking at a piece of a piece of silicone on our hands. Yeah, like, but that's, see, that's still, it's like when people do, like, dreaming up, like, the next use, UX or user interface and stuff, and it always seems like it's still this this touchable glass thing. Exactly. Like, like nobody's innovating there's, past that yet. There's a, there's a sci-fi series. I think it's called like the Human Caesar series because it talks about the singularity. And basically what happens is there's a Cold War between America and, the, and China. And this guy goes behind enemy lines to like try and take out this Chinese supercomputer. Well, he ends up getting frozen. And like he's, in, he's frozen for I don't know how many years. And they figure out, a, they actually create artificial intelligence as banned. And right now, there's a war against artificial intelligence. So he gets implanted with this AI, and they call it like the mind's eye. So like everything you can do, you did in your mind's eye. So like it allowed you to fly, it allowed you to do all this different stuff. And like the interface was not like, oh, I'm gonna touch something. Like you thought about it. Yeah. And no one talks about a thought-based interface anymore. It's mm -hmm. always like you said, a hand touching uh -huh. things. Like, the futuristic stuff is always, like, minority report, yeah. where it's like, I'm moving a screen in front of me that's, that no one else can see, or mm -hmm. something like that. It's but always... Like, it, like I said, the, the sci-fi I love is when you've got the stuff where it's in your brain, and you have to focus on a, a part in your brain that makes something happen. Yeah. More integrated stuff. I just, it, it just bothers me that it feels like we've been stagnant. Like, every year we, yeah, get, you know why? we get a new phone. You know why? Why? The patent Cold War. Hmm. Everything's about a patent Cold War. Instead of actually innovating shit, they create stuff, they patent it, and then they sit on it and wait for somebody else to come up with it. And they go, oh, no, 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 no. We create this first. Yeah. You owe us money. So nobody wants to do anything because they don't want to like get into this patent Cold War. The biggest war... I don't, I don't think that's entirely true. I don't because you've got... Apple and Android. No, because you've got China out there that doesn't give a fuck. They will rip off anybody for anything that's out there, and they like. So if you have a better idea than anybody else, somebody in China can steal it, and they'll they'll make it illegally, and they, they it won't matter. Like I think there's still room around that. There's room around it, but they don't care about innovation. They just care about making a quick buck off whatever is popular. Hmm. I don't know. Because like I, I saw my dad the other day, like when I got the house. Yeah, the trap door is made out of particle board and fucking two by fours. I bought an eighty dollar piece of plywood and put it in properly. Like I just spent like three hours this morning putting laminate flooring on top of the trap door to make it blend in. And like nobody cares about doing that shit if they're not if it's not their house. Like nobody takes pride in their work anymore. Yeah, but see even back it kind of backwards to my point was like, okay, so China is now they're buying companies, stealing all their information, and then shutting that company down. Mm -hmm. So it's like, like, if there was something worthwhile in there, then that would probably come to market because China would still be ahead of the curve. But they don't know how to do things properly. For example, you've got this ghost. That's probably true. Chineseium is a thing. You got that ghost. So 
There is a place in China where they've got all these structures for all these buildings, but they're all ghost towns and never got finished. Mm. They expect this giant population boom, but in the, actually, they because of that whole one-child bullshit from the 80s, mm -hmm. their population is dying. Yeah, China, I, there was the one guy, he was a guest of Joe Rogan, he said China's probably got 20 to 30 years before they're a dying country. Mm -hmm. Do you, there was a book that you told me about, I forget what it's called, but basically, there was a 2030, 2035 with the collapse of the, there's supposed to be a collapse. Yeah, that was the economic collapse where yeah. everything's going to fall. So I started that one book you told me about. I think it's because of like, the, that's like when all the boomers and everyone will be dead. And well, that's the thing. They talk about how China, Russia, this is before fucking Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Like. Oh, we can talk about Ukraine. What I'm saying is like, these, like, Russia and China, I forget what the other country was, Japan, they're all. They have a they have elderly. They don't have yeah. young people to replace them with. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the United States and South America are the only two countries that have a, an actual growing population. Yeah, and even that is weird because I saw a video. It was a guy in a. What did I say? It was Denmark, and they have a lot of uh, like Pakistani refugees and yeah. stuff in there. And the guy got in an argument with a Pakistani refugee, and the Pakistani guy was saying, "You're extinct. You're extinct. See, you have two kids." He said, I have five kids. My brother, he also has five kids. All Pakistanis have five kids. You have two kids. You're extinct. Mm -hmm. He's like, we're taking over your country, basically. And it's like, that's what's happening in a lot of places, stuff yeah. like that. They're talking about the refugees. They don't. The one, I forget what I heard it from, but basically, the refugees aren't melting into the culture. They're mm -hmm. just bringing their culture. Right. So they're basically changing the culture of the country into what they, what they are. Yeah, and that's what's happening, I think, in Sweden and Switzerland and stuff. They're starting to outlaw all that stuff. Like, mm -hmm. you, know, you gotta you gotta do it. And it's it's a, we it's a weird turn people are gonna have to accept. Is like, there's, there's, there's that big push about, like, being uh, anti-immigration and things like that. And it's gonna get weird before it gets better. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Ukraine thing, so... You know who Jack Carr is? It sounds familiar. He was a former Navy SEAL. He's one of the few Navy SEALs that went on to not write like leadership books and things like that. He writes fiction books. So he wrote The Terminal List, which is a series on Amazon, etc. But in his latest book, that he talks about Russia and why they would do the Ukraine thing. Yeah, because their population is dying, so they need more people. No. Russia drew did the Ukraine thing to draw the U.S. into there, so the U.S. is focused on that because they want the U.S. to constantly be at war with somebody. So they they drew us into there, and then their plan is to also in in the book anyway that was that was their idea, and 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 then their their goal then is to get the U.S. involved in an, in two other wars back into the Middle East, and then they're gonna try to do something with China. So they want, sorry, there's a car going by. So in, in the book, they, they want to blow up a nuke near Israel and blame it on Iran. So the U.S. goes to war with Iran. Mm -hmm. That allows Russia to take Ukraine, and that allows China to take Beijing. Once China takes Beijing, China has, basically Ukraine, uh, Russia has the oil and then China has the microchips, mm -hmm. and the U.S. has nothing. Mm -hmm. So it's like they're taking the power from us. Ah. Because we don't make microchips here. We don't mm -hmm. make anything, as, as Jocko always says. We don't make stuff here anymore. Nope. 
It's just funny how all these people are profiting from selling everything off, but not realizing they're killing the country. Yeah, but they don't care. Nope. Because they think they're global elite, and they'll be, they'll be fine, and then they'll, they'll go to, they'll go to the Titanic on a homemade submarine, and. Well, like, that's the whole thing is nobody wants to get their hands dirty, like. All these movies, you see the bad guy. Oh, kill that person! Do it your damn self. Yeah. You want down the road? Do it your fucking self. Mm-hmm. That's what I liked about the beginning of Troy when Achilles tells him, mm-hmm. "It's like imagine if all you leaders of men fought your own battles." Mm-hmm. And that's, that's uh, like it's I I you know people say bad things about like Andrew Carnegie and the Rockefellers and stuff like that, but I feel like. At least Carnegie, I feel like he actually invested back in the communities he was from. Like, he created all them libraries in all the neighborhoods mm-hmm. around here. They're still around. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that he did it so him and his friends had, like, a a country club to go to. Yeah. Like, the one in uh, Braddock, the first one he made. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing goddamn building. It's got a swimming pool. It's got his own home gymnasium and stuff like that. But it also is a library. It's mm-hmm. like he invested in the community. It's not not in China. One of the funny things was um, my buddy and I watched the, that fat electrician. He did a video on Cassius Clay. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of Cassius Clay? Oh, yeah, my God. You mean Muhammad Ali? No, 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 no. Cassius, he took his name from Cassius Clay. He was this politician back in the He like, didn't take his name. His parents gave him that name. Well, whoever was based it off of this, this yeah, name. His, was, his original name was Cassius Clay. He took the name Muhammad Ali when ah. he changed. Well, anyway, he was named after this dude. Dude was like a politician. He was he was an anti-slavery in the South, and his dad had all these slaves, and he used to duel people. He was good at it. Like people couldn't kill this motherfucker. <laughs> That's how good he was. They hired a guy to come murder him, and the guy shot him in the chest. But he had his trusty knife, which dealt with, uh, the bullet hit and missed. Dude cut off his arm, cut off his I think cut off his ear, stabbed him in the eye, and was fucking him up so bad. His friends had to pick up the guy up and throw him over a fence. To keep Cassius Clay from fucking this dude up, <laughs> but like awesome. the vi- I'll just see the video. But this guy was fucking. So when his dad died, he called, he basically gave all the all the slaves their freedom. Yeah. And like everyone wanted to kill this motherfucker, and they couldn't. Like there's a, there's a story that he had a cannon at his house, and that he was always causing problems to the sheriff. So the sheriff sent people in to take him out, and like he took him out the cannon. He was like, I ain't going back there unless you guys give me the, give me some military because I can't handle this guy. <laughs> The dude basically refused to die until he got sick of living. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's like, uh, you know, Teddy Roosevelt. I mm-hmm. love that. They had to take him to sleep because if not, there'd be a fight. It's like, I love that shit. Like, Those he, people, there were, there were hardcore people in history. He ran like a printing press anti-slavery. And like, basically, he had a, an escape plane for, for the people to leave. And he had a corridor narrow for one person. So when people came, he could just fight them off. Oh, hell yeah. 300 they, style. They had to wait till he got tuberculosis to go <laughs> burn the place down. <laughs> but this guy was just so gangster. I'm like, why doesn't want to tell me about this guy? No, they want to tell you about, uh, you know, Frederick Douglass. Not Frederick Douglass. Uh, who's the guy that invented the peanut or whatever? That's like, they're telling you the wrong black history people. Mm-hmm. But, like, this dude was just, like, so savage. Like... The dude got jumped by six dudes and basically killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, they don't tell. They don't tell us enough about the badasses of history. Mm-hmm. Well, like the I, the other thing, like the, that fat election. If he did a history class, I would have learned so much. Yeah. Well, did you know we, did you know we stole a U-boat? Oh yeah. yeah. We sunk. We tried to sink. We went to sink a U-boat and then we fixed it. 
they set it up to blow up. We disabled the charges. Mm-hmm. And then they found this Polish guy that was there against his will, and he helped fix the boat. And that's why we have a U-boat in a museum now. Dude, there, there is, uh, like, when people talk about, like, the American spirit, it's stuff like that that kills, that, that fucking makes me inflamed with it. Like, I love it when it's mm-hmm. just like, we just did whatever the hell we need to do. It's like Chesty Pooler, the, the Marine Corps, yeah. like, guy. Like, when they were like, oh, our boys are stranded out on this beach, we can't get to them. And he's like, fuck that. I'm going to get him. Mm-hmm. And he swam out to the battleship. He stole the battleship uh-huh. at gunpoint and made them fucking go get their boys. It's like badasses. Well, then you got the CBs. Like, they, I forget where they were in some country. They stole a train. <laughs> the country blew up the train tracks, and the CBs fixed the train, stole beer, and brought it back. <laughs> it's like, I thought you just... We did. They fixed it. Yeah. In a... Hackworth, uh, fucking the the book that uh, Jocko always quotes, General, or uh, I don't know, I think it was, I don't know if he was in he wasn't a captain or anything like that. I don't know his rank, but Hackworth he wrote the book about face, and he talks about when he was put in charge of his his group that he put together, that they were only allowed even on the military base when they were around friendlies like if they wanted something they had to quote unquote acquire it Mm -hmm. to teach them the the ability of like stealth and stealing from the enemy so if they needed a jeep they had to go steal it from another unit did I see the one video where this it was this military group they were on a mission and they got lost and they sent more people to go find them and they evaded them for four days because they thought it was part of the training (laughs) it's like I'm like, we evaded you because we thought you were after us, so we just evaded you. <laughs> they brought out dogs. They brought out helicopters. These guys could not be found. And I've I've read stories of that about from from people nowadays even that like they they come to America and they have like the the media skewed version of Americans and how we're like blah 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 lazy pain in the mm-hmm. ass and stuff. But they always come away and they say one of the things that they like about Americans is the optimism that every problem has a solution mm-hmm. and Americans will usually find that solution. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah. It's well, like, it's like the uh, talks about farm boys back in the day within the army. The last thing you want to be is become a chore for a farm boy because that chore is getting done by the day. Yeah, but I, I think that farm boy thing is probably true across the world, where they're they're gonna fix that goddamn drawer. The difference is, is that like, I think American farm boys and how they blow off steam is not necessarily just alcohol. It's mm-hmm. alcohol related plus technological innovation. Mm-hmm. Like I told you, there's no such party as a redneck party. Mm-hmm. Like you were gonna see some shit. They're the ones that build the slip and slide where they have the back toe swinging you around in a circle on it. Like so, my friend's kid graduated like. College, like, high school two years ago so it was graduation party the one guy goes I'm going to do some fireworks that was good enough my buddy got out of the tanner right in a gallon of gasoline <laughs> <laughs> like it escalated so quickly the video is just perfect here <laughs> boom uh-huh. yeah we're getting 4th of July like now mm-hmm. uh, I wish people didn't hate America anymore I wish we had the guys from the 20s and 30s now. <laughs> you think, are you saying make America great again, Joel? No, I'm saying, I, <laughs> I'm saying I want that diehard attitude of, we're getting the shit done. Yeah, but I think you got to have those children that were also like, I'm bored and anything goes. Like, I'm going to, yeah, yeah, I'm going to jump off this bridge into this raging creek to prove that I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. And you well, better follow me. If you don't, then you're a bitch. And like, the one nobody's doing that. 
toxic masculinity now. The one podcast I was listening to, the guy was talking to his dad. He's like, yeah, they called me the mezzanine jumper. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, they, had a, they were he was in a fraternity, and they had a mezzanine, and he used to jump from the mezzanine into the living room. Like, he would just <laughs> jump across. Like, did you have a tagline? I'm like, no, I just fucking did it because I could. <laughs> yeah, like, my, my father used to swim across the Mon- Monongahela River mm-hmm. all the time when he was a kid. He swam in the Mon as a kid, and I'm like... I'm not jumping in that water. I'm not swimming across it. And that was 50 years ago when the steel mills were still around pumping mm-hmm. fucking whatever God knows in there. And that's why he has a mess. <laughs> probably. Well, probably. Something to do with that, yeah. But no, it's a... Uh, the people were a different breed back then because I think they had to be. And now everything mm-hmm. is so spoon-fed to us. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, it's like I talk about like the house stuff. Like, got no other choice. Got to do it. I was going to say, do you think you've become... More, more manly since you own the house. No, I just do the stuff I've been doing all my life. The thing is, like, it's one of those things of I have these skills, I just don't use them because I right. don't need to. But now it's like everyday life. It's like, well, I guess got to do it. For me, it's been. I haven't had the skills. I've had the the capability, mm-hmm. if you will. But now it's no one's coming to save me mm-hmm. and I'll be damned if I'm paying somebody to do this exactly. if I can do it myself and so it's like well I've got to step up to the plate and it's been every time I've done that I've learned and I've gotten better at it and mm-hmm. like the worst case scenario is you have to hire somebody to fix what you yeah. fucked up well, it's and, like but my, it's already fucked up it's at the bearing of my car they wanted $500 to fix it so my buddy's like oh, I can do it so I bought the part but the scheduling conflict happened my other buddy's like Let's fix it before you get it in Ohio, because I don't want you breaking down on the way to Ohio. So my buddy's in the garage. He's like, "Who's gonna do the wrench work?" I'm like, "That's me," because I ain't gonna t- I ain't gonna do it, but I'll tell you what to do. And like, we spent three hours and we got that that bearing off. Yeah. But it's like, that was a miserable three hours, but that was four hundred dollars I kept in my pocket. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you've learned an invaluable skill, and I think more places like there should be a DIY mechanic place where you're just observed by somebody mm-hmm. that knows what they're doing and they're walking you through the steps. And I, I swear to God, I, I, I'm with people like Tim Kennedy and all them people that say one of the worst things they've done to America is they've taken shop classes and they, or they've, they've taken them away from people but they've also made them seem like it makes you less intelligent mm-hmm. by being the shop guy. Like, my buddy, he digs holes all day long. Makes way more money than I did and I can go to college. But it's like, all these skills that I've learned from my dad from fixing the house, they are invaluable. Mm-hmm. Like, I might not know exactly how to do the job, but like I can actually go use the right words to find the instructions. And see, what you got there is you've got, one of the bigger problems in America is you've got the, you actually had a father that was involved that passed knowledge down to you mm-hmm. man to man which a lot of people don't have that they don't have a father anymore and, and well they have a father but they don't know who the hell he is or mm-hmm. whatever or he's not involved or the father himself is useless because he's high he's uh offloaded all of his knowledge to mechanics and things like that mm-hmm. but it's like well that's not helping anybody well they talk about it back in the day your manual your car instructor told you the gaps for your spark plugs yeah now it tells you not to drink the battery juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I, I look. I got a I got a, a motorcycle behind you that's older than I am, and I got the booklet for it over there, and it tells me shit in there that it thinks I know. 
and mm -hmm. I don't know. It gives me these basic instructions. I'm like, I have, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. I got to look this up because mm -hmm. it's it's barely there. The instructions were barely there back then, so you had to know something about an engine. Mm -hmm. It just amazes me, like. And it doesn't help that my thought process is just wired different for like problem solving. It's like that's just wait. It's like okay, how do we solve this problem? What's the problem similar to? How do you fix this problem? How do we, how do we abstract that to this problem? Mm -hmm. But that's the way the brain should work. The brain should always like every problem you solve should help you with your next problem. Mm -hmm. Like about this vinyl siding stuff. To um, when they cut the hole in the wall for my for my um, bathroom. The guy's like, why don't you make this an access panel that we can get back to in case you can do it again? So I took some coroplast and I took some the vinyl side and stuff and I made a little slide away door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like the other day I was fixing those outlets and I found out there's no the gap there's a gap between the um between the plywood, between the studs. I'm like, well if I cut the other side open and put some two by fours in here, I gotta tie off to that and put the shelves in. Mm -hmm. Like everything's falling into place now, it's kinda scary. But stuff like that is the thing that they say AI will never be able to replicate. Mm -hmm. Is that ability to like abstractly problem solve? You can blend stuff, but it can't abstract stuff. Yeah, it's the way I look at using AI is you use it to, to give you a different idea outlook on what to do with stuff. Like when I ask for AI art, I throw shit together, and it gives me that I never thought of, and I'm like, oh, I can go down this this path. See, I use it as, like, when we used to have, when we used to work in offices and we used to have, like, a coworker you could bounce ideas off of, mm -hmm. and I could say, oh, well, this isn't working, why isn't this working, can you look at this kind of thing? Yeah. And it would give me back some reasons, and i say, well, we tried this, try this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, a, it's a conversation with yeah. a coworker that's not there. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, oh, can you solve this whole thing for me, or I'll post a piece of code to it and I'll be like can we make this more streamlined is this the most efficient this code can be written Yeah, and it, 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 it'll throw me back something so sometimes it's wrong sometimes it works yeah but the thing is though you have the, you have the idea it's like okay it's like back in the day when you had Apple Maps and Google Maps if Apple Maps told you to drive off a bridge you don't drive off the bridge Yeah, you gotta know when to think and when not to think well people don't anymore exactly my parents ingrained in my head if so-and-so was going to jump off of the bridge would you as well and it's like well no it depends on the bridge it depends on if I have a parachute there's a lot of factors involved here is my manhood on the line <laughs> then I gotta jump off the bridge was I called a bitch yeah. <laughs> was well, how many dares were there <laughs> are we just a single dare or double double dog dare or triple dog dare then it's definitely it's definitely happening but <laughs> you got you got two other sons may they may they be as manly as me <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they live up to my legacy. Was it Saving Private Ryan? He's the last one. We gotta get him home. Yeah, yeah. Which happened a lot in those wars, which is crazy. Oh, different, different generations. I, I do. I don't know. I don't think boomers understood the legacy that they had given to them and what they took from the rest of us. So I believe that they basically didn't know what they had. They didn't. Because it's all hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Like I look at how I squandered my twenties and my thirties. Doing drugs and No, just not taking risks and not setting things up to do the right thing. Yeah. Well. But what are you gonna do? I don't know, just read Robert Green books and try and make the best of it. 
<laughs> Robert Greene is not going to fix you, Joe. Are you sure? It's not. It's just going to it's going to make you think that you're manipulating everyone when there are people that in this world, there are people in this world that are naturally gifted with the skill you're trying to develop and they're going to be better than you at it. And that is entirely what I deal with with my wife. She's gifted at the whole manipulation and reading people things and I think women women have that skill down. Not, not, not all women, because I'm not trying to say that no man can do it, but I think it, it's naturally born into women just because men often deal with other men on, under the threat of violence, regardless of like how weird it is. It's like if you and I have a disagreement, there's a physical fight, whereas, as uh, Jordan Peterson says, if women disagree with each other, they're going to destroy each other's reputation. See, I believe, because we're reading the Robert Green books, I can look out for different signs. I'm not trying to manipulate people, I'm just trying to Pay attention to the signs of, oh, this happened to, to so-and-so. Like, they like talk about Napoleon uh, Bonaparte. He got too comfortable having big armies. Yeah, like, I thought that, yeah. His whole thing was, like, he was great at, at like, doing guerrilla warfare and just fucking with people. Yeah, creative strategies. Like, he was t- one of the quotes they talk about is, I'd rather work with an alliance, against an alliance, than against a single person. Because I can take out the smallest person, and then they're going to fight with each other, and then I can take out the next person in line. Yeah. And I yeah. thought that was amazing. Yeah, like, he, I, and I like that, but I also like the Jaku perspective where it's not manipulation because at the end of the day, when I manipulate you, you're going to think it's for your best interest as well. And that's the way Jocko manipulates. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's that's pretty ingenious to always be playing that game. Yeah. I just want to be aware of the game so I can short-circuit the game. That's well, all I'm looking for. And even if you think you're not playing the game, you're a part of the no, game. No, I'm always playing the game. I'm saying... I'm, so, I'm saying for other people that think, yeah. like, oh, I don't want to be part of the game. It's like, you're part of the game. You're, so, just not, you're just a pawn in somebody else's game. There's this kid I was friends with in college. His name was Vincent. And he always wanted to wrestle. Vincent or Vincent? Vincent. He wanted to wrestle? Yeah. Like, like he, he, wanted to, he wanted to wrestle and take me down. Oh. So Physically? Yeah, physically. You sure he didn't have a crush on you? I don't care. But what I would end up doing is I would, I would always make sure the game, the game was like it was always neutral. Like I would overpower him. I would just make it so that he'd, he'd give up. And I remember the one night he like wrestled me like four or five times. He's like, I almost had you this time. They can get you again. And then finally, like years later, he was at college and I went to visit, and I got really drunk because they pissed me off. Like whatever happened after, I'm like, you know what? I'm drinking that. Fuck it. Fucking vodka, vodka, Red Bull, vodka, all this stuff, just mixing drinks. Uppers and downers. So he's like, I think I can take him. So I jump up, I put him in a chokehold, and he taps out faster than he's ever tapped out before in his life. I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> I sit down, a couple hours, I'm like, oh, my leg's gone. That's what do you mean? Like, I move my hand, it moves, and I tell it to. <laughs> his whole world went destroyed. He's like, he's been holding back this whole fucking time. He could have just killed me. <laughs> You know, that, that goes into what I was saying earlier about there being different levels to stuff. And, like, you realize that when you're when you're doing things like jiu-jitsu. And I was rolling yesterday with a, a brown belt. And the first, it's a, it's a five-minute round. And the, the first couple couple round rolls, like, we went full out. I tapped because he's a brown belt and I'm only a blue belt. And he's got better skills than I do. But then the third roll in that round... He just kind of lays there, and he lets me get whatever position I want. 
And in my mind, I'm like, everything is a trap at that point. He's mm -hmm. setting me up. Everything is a trap. And I was talking to him after the role, and he's like, you know, there are a lot of positions that I don't get to practice defending from, so I will do that after a couple times just to let somebody kind of set me up into a position that I don't get to practice at a lot. And it's like, it's a different level. It's an entirely different level to just be like, I'm going to let myself be vulnerable so somebody can attack me from there so I can def practice defending from it. Well, one of the things I talked about in that book was that Robert... I still ta tapped, so... One of the things I talked about in that book was that Robert... There's a, there's, a, there's a war that Napoleon had to fight, and he sat in this room for like five days, and he basically did every iteration of this battle, and everything went wrong. Mm -hmm. But he had a plan for every situation, uh -huh. and no matter how much shit went wrong, he still won the fucking battle. And it was like... That's some next level shit. Like, he didn't get a reinforcement he needed, this happened, that happened. He had a backup plan for every fucking situation. So, have you heard of uh, the PACE method of planning? No. PACE. It's an uh, acronym. This is what you're going to learn in that Mike Lover book. So, you have your primary plan, mm -hmm. your alternative plan, your contingency plan, and your escape plan. Okay. And your job when you're planning is to run through that scenario all the time. Just keep running through it. Whatever you're planning for, keep running through it. This is our primary plan. This is our alternative plan. This is our contingency. This is our escape. And then you keep saying, but what if this happens? Until you get down to like the best plan you can go through. Mm -hmm. Books been bought. <laughs> it's on the list once I get into the next 15 hours of Robert Green. It's a good It's a good book. But, uh... Yeah, there's also, in the comic book, there was uh, Grant Morrison, he wrote... Sorry, 12, 13 hours of Robert Greene left. <laughs> Grant Morrison wrote a a fantastic four not comic, four books, okay? And Doctor Doom, through the first three books, is just running shit. Because Mr. Fantastic is nowhere to be seen. In the fourth book, you see Mr. Fantastic. He's just laying in his lab, kind of draped over everything. Because he's elastic, he's just like draped over all the equipment, everything. He's just kind of everywhere, looking like somebody threw spaghetti in the room. And Doom shows up, and he, he's like, I've done all this, and I've done this, and what have you been doing? He says, well, Victor, I've been thinking. <laughs> and so what, what, what's revealed is Mr. Fantastic can't, and it's not just that he can stretch his body, he can stretch his imagination, he can stretch his mind. So the whole time while Victor was doing that, he was envisioning all the different scenarios and planning around them all the way. Mm. So like at that moment, like it was just like his last plan snapped into place, and it was like, yeah, I thought around everything you're going to do, and I've already got the solutions. It's like that, uh, what was it, um... It's just such a goddamn great line. It's like, well, Victor, was, uh, I've been thinking. It's like, <laughs> oh, God, when Mr. Fantastic <laughs> is thinking, it's a fucking bad thing for you. Oh, oh, what was the movie that came out in the early 2000s that was too close to the comic book? Everyone hated it because it was too to the book. Dr. Manhattan. Oh, Watchmen. Yeah. I did it 20 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking um, goddamn great thing that was delivered in the 80s when that book was written. It's like, stop me. I did it 20 minutes ago. What the hell do you think I'm going to monologue to you for about it? Like, I'm not some Dr. James Bond villain. Mm -hmm. And then also, like, a born identity. Where are you right now? I'm in your office. I don't believe that. Why is that? But you're in an office, you have to this conversation face to face. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> There's, there's so many mo moments of that in media. There's the uh, the one where uh, the lady that runs the Suicide Squad, Amanda Waller, is ta she's 
talking to some general about some stuff and just how how they're they're fucking over Batman. Mm-hmm. And the general's like, "We're we're six levels below the below six levels below the earth, and we've got all these guards, and Batman will never get right get in here." And Batman's right behind the general <laughs> in the shadow, <laughs> taps him on the shoulder. It's like there's not the in the um, Gundam in this waltz. They're in this bunker underground. So like, there's no way he can get in here. He comes out with the, with the Gundam. He shoots the gun. He's like, he doesn't do anything. He shoots again. Sir, he was in point zero zero one. One more hit and the shield's going to be gone. What? But he's going to kill us. It's like, <laughs> he don't care. <laughs> I always love those moments in books where it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, you think you've got it planned for, but you don't. Mm-hmm. You just don't. That's the one thing I'm always aware of, especially since that um, that one Ryan Holiday book. The second you think you're in control, you're not in control. Right. Like I forget the name of the band, who the band was, but they hired this guitar guy, and he went back and took guitar lessons to become better, because they knew he wasn't the pinnacle. Like that kind of stuff is the, the stuff I I harp on. Like I was writing that Leroy project like two three years ago, and like I knew that I was at the that was at the like. Maxed out. I'm like, I gotta learn some more shit. Yeah, that's where you learn stuff. It's when you push your limits. Mm-hmm. Like that in his bike ride where I learned my limit. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. I've never been to a point where my legs did not want to work. Like I thought I've been tired before, but that was a whole nothing another level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's when we. Fir- that's probably the closest we've come to experiencing a Coggins moment. Mm-hmm. Like guys, do why can't I? Now I know I can't. <laughs> There's a, a thing that came up. It was a Goggins quote, and I don't know what the hell it's from. And he said he said all these people that listen to him, they think that like it's all about just going to the gym and lifting weights and getting getting stronger and faster. And he said if you don't go back into your mind and deal with the problems that you have there, all you've dealt, done is created a, a bigger, stronger, faster quitter. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like ooh. Oh, Goggins. Yes. That man's amazing. Goggins and Jocko and people like that. They're, I think they're going to save the world. Yeah, and we need more damaged people in this world to fix things. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's a group in Pittsburgh called the Tub Club. I'm kind of scared because last I heard Tub involved Tub Girl and that was something I did not want to see. No, 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 not Tub Girl. This is a, this is Wim Hof stuff. I'm out. <laughs> no, it's a group that gets together on Wednesdays in a park, and they bring tub, like these these large tubs with ice water in them, and they 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 have a party basically. You do the Wim Hof breathing. You go in the tubs. There's fires and things like that. And yeah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> has the cold broken you, Joel? Yes, it has. Wow, uh, you didn't even go that cold. I know. Uh, I'll do the heat all day. That's my thing. Is it? Have you been in a sauna? I've not been in a sauna. Well, that's a different level of fucking heat. I'll tell you that. I, I go. I sign up for the sauna at the the jujitsu place I go to, and ten minutes in there is uh. If you're in there by yourself, it's a it's a mental goddamn exercise to stay in there because like the air you're breathing in is hot. It burns your nostrils. Like it's like almost a hundred degrees, and you're almost, just sitting there. Kind of want to try it. Like I remember I did, I did hot yoga, and I was like, oh, you might not be able to use deal with the heat. I'm like, let's see. Hey, you know what? It's on my goal. It's on my goal list to get you to try jujitsu. 
So we'll go down sometime for a, uh, an, uh, not an introductory, a fundamentals class, and then we'll do the sauna afterwards. Okay. And then we'll see. We'll see if you, you want to sign up or not. I ain't signing up. Yeah, you are. No, because I, I know I'm not coordinating enough for jujitsu. Jiu- I have nothing to do with coordination. It has yeah. everything to do with positional awareness and and where you go from there. Yeah, that's coordination. No, it's not. It's not. It's it's not that way. It's very much a. Uh, it's a it's a different game. It's entirely a different mental game than what you think it is. It's not. It's not. Oh, I'm going to be here and I'm going to go there and I'm going to go there. It's like, oh, your arm's out here. I'm going to grab it and then you do this and it's like, oh, well, this feels like this position I've been in before, so I'm going to slap this on you and then go from there. I think you'd like it. How often people get thrown? Mm, never. They're not throwing in jujitsu. There's takedowns, but I'm throwing at judo then. Yeah, judo. Judo is where you get thrown. Jujitsu is all on the ground. All about the ground and pound. <laughs> not even the pound. It's not even that. It's entirely like it is. Like if I can get your, if I can grab both arms on one of your arms, you're in danger. Or like you said, you choked out your friend. Like mm-hmm. jujitsu. I'll think about it. Oh, you're gonna do it. We're gonna get Joel into jujitsu. That's gonna be the July challenge since Joel has ruined the past two month challenges. The house is ruined the last two month challenge. Uh, and all the, all the more reason you need the mental health benefit of jujitsu. You need to actually strive to win against another human being. That's the fun of jujitsu. Hate other human beings. Now you'll come out of there with a whole different brotherhood. How much time have we been on this thing? Hour 13 minutes. Woo wee! That's a long episode 101. Mm hmm. Guess we'll end it today. Yeah, we'll get it for now. Uh, we'll be back in three weeks. I don't know. You tell me when you get back. Yeah. No, I'm not in the real end information on air. We'll be back in uh, six six weeks, six years. Whenever. Whenever the TARDIS shows up. That's it for us, uh, ladies, gentlemen, and peeps. Till next time. Later. That wraps up another episode of The Mesh in the Machine. If you would like to contact or subscribe to the podcast, please visit themenshinthemachine.com. If you would like to leave a voicemail, please call 412-294-8557. Last few days that some people will have all eight fingers and two and two thumbs. That's right. It is the weekend before Fourth of July. I think the audio sounds well. Got some birds in the background. Wait for that basketball. Wait for that chainsaw. <laughs> Crap to start. I don't know. It's a holiday weekend. People might be not doing that. They might be waiting until until they come back. That is true. Or they might be not even uh, worrying about it. They might be doing it tomorrow, so that's fresh for their party. Nice. Shit bags.